This is Discover Your Dog, the show that demystifies your dog's behavior so you can get the best results from your dog training. This show is brought to you by FamilyDogFusion.com and our affiliate partner, Healthy Paws Pet Insurance, the company that gives you peace of mind and protects your four-legged family members when you need it the most. Get your free dog insurance quote by going to FamilyDogFusion.com slash insurance. This is Devin Best, TARDIS owner and co-host of Discover Your Dog. In episode 103, professional dog trainer Big Ben Copeland discusses how dogs and humans perceive time differently. Also, discover how time is but a grand illusion to your dog. And stay tuned for some homework to determine if your dog can tell time. All in this timely episode of Discover Your Dog. This show was produced by the Family Dog Fusion team, Carissa Dolan, Leslie Hankins, Devin Best, and Benny Copeland. Dog lovers, thank you for all the great reviews. Please keep those time-wasting and one-star ratings coming. Also, please help us spread the word. Share this episode with your clock watchers, your slackers, and your goof-offs. Find an episode on our Facebook page and tag your friends. Spread the word. Help the dogs. Show your dog that you love her by going to FamilyDogFusion.com slash register to get your free ebooks and dog training video. With that, let's get started. Benny Copeland, what problem are we solving for our dog lovers today? Well, thank you, Devin. Uh, our, we are answering the question, can your dog tell time? And it's hilarious. You said all those time wasted. <laughs> I almost burst out laughing when you said that. That was hilarious. Yeah, that's pretty funny. I could hear the laugh in your voice. Too. That was so funny. <laughs> well, anyway, today, Devin, you know, it was, it was funny. I saw that movie, uh, The Secret Life of Pets. Have yeah. you seen that movie? No, I've just seen the trailers. Okay. Well, there's this part in the movie where Max, it's a Jack Russell, little Jack Russell Terrier, and he's very needy and he's anxious in this movie. And it got me to think about, wow, I mean, do dogs really tell time? Because there's this little one part where in the movie, Max's owner like leaves and he's standing at the door and he's all anxious and like, and then she forgot something. So she comes back like less than five seconds later and he's like, oh my God, you've been gone forever. Oh my God, you've been gone so long. Where have right. you been? Where have you been? I'm glad you came back. <laughs> and she grabs the keys out of this little thing on the table and says, oops, forgot my keys. And then leaves. And he's like, oh, so upset. <laughs> but he talks about how she's been gone for so long. And I think that this is something that is like, People don't understand, do dogs really, can they, or do they have time and are, are able to sense how long something's been going on? Now, it's also kind of funny because, you know, dogs know when it's time to go for a walk. Dogs know when you need to feed them breakfast or dinner, you, and they know when, you know, what the time to wake you up and you don't understand time as we do. So, all right. So this begs the question, is this a, is this a going concern for dog lovers? Do people sit around thinking, I, I just don't know. I just, I mean, I don't really yeah. think about that sort of thing. Do, do, well, that's uh, a good question. And, and what came up when we were talking about, you know, what is this? How is solving a problem? Because that's always our deal. And it, and it's true. 
it is a very big concern. I mean, I see with a lot of my clients and with a lot of uh, dog owners that they feel like, well, I need to get a dog walker in the middle of the day because I'm going to be gone for eight hours. Or my dog can't really be in a crate or hang out in my house for hours at a time. And it is a concern. They think that, well, is my dog able really to be alone for that amount of time and, and be okay? And we're talking about being okay in the sense of emotionally, or are we talking about in terms of creating bad behavior, like if the dog gets bored or, I mean, are we talking about people being concerned about the well-being of their dog being neglected? I'm just not clear. I think all of that. I think all of that. Like as far as the well-being, because they aren't getting exercise, they're not doing anything as far as emotionally, because they can be, you know, anxious. And we're going to talk a little bit about that. Um, You know, the dog may be anxious or upset gone. Or even the fact that, um, you know, if they're, if I'm gone too long, the dog's going to get bored and do things out of boredom. Now, if you think about that, Devin, the way, the way you said that is that all of those are analytical type behaviors. You know, if you're bored, you try to find something to do. If you're, if you are in a position where you're maybe waiting on someone, you have this little anxiety. So you do something to you. And all of these things and all of those things, your dog doesn't have that because they're very reactive to everything. And they don't have the ability to act themselves or to do something different or, you know, as, as someone would say in the anxious mode that they're going to tear a whole house, things like that. And we talked about in episode 74 uh, when we talked about, you know, the anxious dog. I think everybody in the audience can relate to time flowing differently for us as individuals. And here's here's an example. Right. At the end of the day, we reference this in the intro. At the end of the day, I'm working my banker's hours, nine to five or eight to five or whatever it is. The last five minutes of the day are the slowest minutes of the day. And right. it's like this, like this in school too, in high school, like the, you know, 315, I'm begging for 320 to show up. So the bell will ring and it, it, it'll go out. Right. But if, <laughs> if there's something that I'm doing, that's awesome, you know, uh, like I'm, I'm at, oh man, going to see Rush in concerts. It's always over too soon. Every time I go, it's like, man, come on. I've only been here three and a half hours. It's, you know, right. it's only, you know, it always feels like when I'm doing something that I love doing, right. that time passes too quickly. And yet when I'm doing something that is either completely unstimulating or I am needing to go do something else, it feels like time passes slowly. So, or maybe, maybe when people fall asleep, you notice how sometimes I'll fall asleep and it'll feel like I've like, oh man, I just closed my eyes and I'm waking up here, you know, six and a half, right. seven hours later. And then there's times when it, I'll go into a dream and it feels like three weeks have transpired. So I think that, I think that's universal. I think everybody can relate to the fact that time passes differently. Now here's the kicker. I've read many times that humans are the only creatures that have an experience of time and that we created it. You know, we've like, I've heard that time is really an illusion because it's always this ever present moment of now. And that, a minute from now is not really now until it's then, you know, until we get to it. And then it's always now. So like there's this experience of time past and yet there's also this reality that it's always one moment. And so I think that's something that humans struggle with. And so to translate that, we apply how we think things are to the way that dogs are right. So that right. they, so we think that they're jealous if they're behaving in a certain way, or we, right. we think that they're thinking something when they're not thinking anything at all. Or we think that, man, it's been four hours, so it must have been a really long time to the dog. But we're here today to talk about maybe it's not that way, right? 
Right. And that's a, and that's a great segue into the main topic because I'm going to talk about that, like the difference between why humans think and relate to time in the way we do compared to why a dog doesn't have that same concept of time that we've learned to do. And I mean, somebody created time, if you remember. This isn't something that was just um, that that just happened. I mean, we've always been on the same or doing the same rotation, doing the same thing for <laughs> right. billions of years. And right. we're going to talk about that in the main topic, those differences. Excellent. So if we're ready, we can go ahead and get into that. Well, if you think we have time. Let's take our time with this one, shall we? Well, some people say that dog a dog does have the concept of time because of how they respond to you when you're gone for long periods of time versus short periods of time. So if a dog, like for example, if a dog has separation anxiety and it seems like the longer that you're gone, the more destructive your dog is or the more agitated your dog has gotten from the, if you're gone for a shorter period of time, if that separation anxiety is a big problem with your and I'm not really sure for me to believe that that's a true concept or a true thing that, you know, because you're gone, there's going to be more damage. I just think your dog had more time to do a lot more damage. <laughs> really, the anxiety is the same. It's there more or less be, from the very beginning that you leave. It's anxious for you leaving. And we talk about this anxiety in episode 074, the freaked out, insecure, neurotic dog. And it's what happens. Well, I'll give you an example. So as I was writing this outline, I was sitting with my friend Heather's dog, Harley, and she has two dogs. She has Blackjack and Harley. And Heather decided that she was going to take Blackjack on a little walk. Harley's kind of old. And so Blackjack got more walks. And the moment she went out, Harley went nut. Like he was just whining and going through, you know, walking around. What I saw with him is that, or or with Harley, she is female. What I saw with her is the moment that they walked out the door, she started this into this whining and pacing and going back and forth, even though I was there. And I got it. I'm not going to give attention to this. Now, I could see in the doing that, that there might be some destruction, uh, especially like at the door. Or maybe at the window where she could see out. Now, that had started to happen. Obviously, I would have um, jumped in. And it never really got to that level. But I could see where if a dog was there a little bit longer. And what I do realize is that there was no more or no less to that anxiety when she walked out the door. You remember last week when recording and Harley was whining in the other room to move her because she kept whining so loud. Because Heather had to go to work and was, you know, she had separated from her. Well, the thing about it is, as humans, we tie events to things in the past. So, for example, you remember your best birthday party with all the friends that attended and maybe some amazing gift that you got. And you remember that happened so many years ago. You think back to that memory, and then when something happens similar, you actually, it it 
creates that memory. We have, um, you may smell something that removes something that happened and something good or bad. The other that is humans, we also can project into the future. Now you talked about, you know, we live in the now and a minute from now is not going to be now until a minute. <laughs> and yet we project into the future and the way that we project into the future, I'll give you a great example. So Devin, I tell you, hey, I want to have a meeting with you. And then we make a date. We put it on our calendar and we're going to have a meeting. Now, let's say I arrive 30 minutes before you do, expecting you to be there. So I'm projecting. See, this is how the brain works. I have these expectations of the future and these memories of the past. Well, I don't think dogs have those memories. Not the way that we have them. Now, I know they remember big traumatic events, and the way that they respond is very reactive. So this is why, to me, this is why your dog wakes you up every morning almost at the same exact time on the weekends. Because it's, this is the time that I get fed. It could be because that their stomach tells them they need to be fed. It could be, but either way, it's all through the process of these are the times that we do these things on exists. They know when you're ready to go. You know, if you take your dog for a walk at two o'clock every afternoon, at two o'clock in the afternoon, your dog's going to be you know, bugging you, pestering you to go for a walk. If you remember, you, or I actually talked to a lady, one of our listeners, and she said her dog was with her paw. <laughs> and she did it almost every time the same in the mornings. And these, the dogs understand these big things that are very consistent in life, and yet they don't know what time it is, that it's a certain time or that it's a certain time. Now, like for I know, I know with Oz, he knows every time I come home in the evening that he's going to go out for a quick potty and then he gets his dinner. So it doesn't matter if I came home at, which is the normal time I feed him, or if I come home at 8.30 the event is still the same and he still has the same pattern and the same way that he acts. He runs to the door. He runs to me. I give him loving. Then he runs to the door to wait to go out. He goes out. He has to go down to potty and then he comes back and he gets fed. Okay. Well, hang on now. And that a lot of that stuff, most of that stuff is not time. It doesn't really matter if you're 7 PM. It's that it's the trigger of the event that causes right. the, the reaction, right? Yeah, and it's the same thing. The time when you get up in the morning, like it may be a certain light light outside that triggers them. It could be that they're hungry at that time. It could be all kinds of things that trigger them at that moment. Yeah, and so that's what I was getting at is that there's one thing that is universal in all creatures on this planet, and that is the low sun in the sky, right? So right. I don't know necessarily that it's noon or whatever, but I can look up. And I mean, if my dog's sitting next to me and I've, I'm sitting... We both look up and the and the sun is directly overhead. The sun is still directly overhead, right? To both to both species. So we're having right. there's one commonality of experience, and that is the location of the sun, the quality of light, the quantity of light. As we saw with the with the eclipse last week or ago, is that you know we had this everybody kind of stopped for one moment, and some people were in the totality of the eclipse, some people were in the partiality of the eclipse, but all of us right. had this experience that the levels of light were different, the temperatures were different, and it was a phenomenon, right? So we're all either we're all reacting to it consciously or unconsciously. And in the human body, those are called circadian rhythms. And I think that I think all animals and plants all have circadian rhythms that respond to the sun and 
right. time of day in that capacity, but also mechanisms like uh, hunger, for example, or thirst. You know, there's these right. things that are going on that are triggers. And there's also this passage of time that we experience through or this apparent illusion passage of time that we see from different quantities and qualities of light throughout the day. Right. And, and as humans, we we have memories of those things. So we look at those things as certain times that happened in our life. You know, and we were at a certain age or we were at a certain, you know, in a certain place or things like that. So we have these triggers because we're able to analyze. And I'll tell you, Devin, it was interesting because I was in the totality of the eclipse. That's cool. Or it was amazing. Yeah. The crickets started chirping. Ooh, ooh, that's weird because everything got silent here. We were not that's in totality right. at all. Everything got silent. That's right. That's, all and right. those birds that normally you hear just in the evening started chirping. Huh. It was very interesting. So for this brief two-minute, little over two-minute total eclipse, these things started happening that would happen as if it was night. Right. It was It was really odd. It was really interesting. There's more to it than that, though. I mean, I don't want to go too far off this, but think about this. This is um, – there's some – conjecture but the facts are that when things are in alignment there's a scientific that, that i'm not remembering but when the planets are in alignment and when celestial bodies are in alignment gravitation mm-hmm. actually magnifies upon itself in certain ways so it's it's almost imperceptible and it is perceptible that there's more gravity happening at certain <clears throat> at certain locations if things right. are in alignment and so we were affected by the light levels we were affected by the temperature we were affected by the very you know my, minuscule portions of gravity that felt stronger at that time the tides probably responded at that time so it's like it all kind of goes together to add up to uh, something that we can detect and respond to without necessarily being conscious of it happening. Right. And the thing about it is that's the reactive stuff. Like that's the reactive things that happened and where I feel and what I teach is how a dog behaves and how they reason things, you know, how they um, understand things are going on because these, they react to these certain uh, stimulus around them, just like the crickets reacted to the dark. And so it was, you know, it's one of those things, like, I think as humans, we kind of made it weird. You know, we're the ones that created that there's 24 hours in a day and 365 days in a year and, you know, all those things. As a matter of fact, we even have to add seconds and days every now and then just to catch up on the year. Right. Right. You know, so it all coordinates right. And dogs don't do this. They just respond to what's going on around them. And that where we would think it's a kind of time, the only thing that they understand is that, hey, it's daylight, it's dark. Well, here's, you know, that, I mean, here's something else, though. Here's something that we've done to dogs. I mean, dogs have co-evolved with humans since the dawn of dogs, I mean, like 30,000 years or something like that. And we have mm-hmm. over 400 species of dogs. And I mean, the story of dog is the story of man. And so think about this. If we have this perception of time and we have conveniently decided to ascribe 24 hours in a day, 60 seconds to a minute, 60, you know, uh, you know, 60 minutes to an hour, so on. The dogs have grown up with that. So they might not be on a schedule. They might not have a perception of time, but we do. And so by extension, they do, too. They have to. I mean, they have to be reacting to how we are. So if, if we're time based, if we're scheduled, if we're you know, things happen at certain times of day, then the dogs are clearly going right. to align themselves with that. Right. And if you think about it, if you're going to be leaving today, during that time, your dog is not going to have this, you know, this, this thing that goes on with it that says, oh, well, you know, they're leaving me for this long. I'm going to destroy the curtains. <laughs> right. They're you not know? planning it out. Now, I can understand that they, 
you know, might wake up and, and I was, even with Oz, we even talked about many times how he would get bored on things and I didn't have things for him accordingly and why he ended up chewing up my, uh, my coaster, my leather coaster. Oh, the leather coaster, yeah. The button off my hat, you know? And I saw things as, yes, it's boredom and he likes to chew stuff. So I've done things accordingly that created that he has other things to chew and, and, and those things don't happen anymore. But that's not about time experience. That's about mm-hmm. lack no, of stimulation, right? Right. Right. Yeah. And it's about what, and I guess really the point is here is that, you know, when an owner is worrying about, oh my gosh, well, my dog can't, they're doing is they're projecting their own views of what it would be like to be in their house all day long or what it would be in a crate all day long. And they're projecting these analytical views to that. And the truth is the dog has no clue. Like they don't know how much time. Now what they do know, the reactive part of that is like, for example, when we talk about how anxious Harley was, the reactive part is, is when I act this way, I get attention. Right. And that's what's happened all her life. She's acted that way and she's gotten attention to the point now that she gets so very anxious that she, if she's not getting that attention very quickly, as a matter of fact, as we've been going through a few days, because I've had to keep Harley and Blackjack with me, and as we've gone through a few days, Harley has settled down because I don't give attention to that. So she'll get the little wine thing because it's part of the habit, and she sees I'm there, and she realizes, oh, he's not going to give me attention, so she just settles down, and she's fine. Yeah, it seems like dogs are clearly capable of having individual relationships with people. Like I would bet sure. that when her comes back or whenever, you know, the, the exchange occurs of getting the dogs back to her, mm-hmm. that they'll go right back into behaving like they do when Heather's around. Absolutely. Right. So they have this individual relationship with you now that they know that you're not going to give into their BS, right? <laughs> their little right. doggy BS, their DS, I guess. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, okay. So that's interesting. And what about, um, so where, where else are we taking this? I mean, what practical application of this? Is this just like a, hey, this is how you think things are, but hey, here's how really things are? Or is there some reason that our dog lovers can use or some way that our dog lovers can use this information to their advantage to improve their relationship with their dog? We're going to talk about does your dog have the ability to tell time? And we're going to do some, I'm going to give you a little homework where what you, the dog lover, can do with your dog just to kind of see, just to kind of set that test out there and we're going to talk about what that means and what it looks like and see if hey does your dog really know how long they're doing something okay are you ready to get into that or do we have some more to discuss i think i'm ready to get into it we've discussed a lot we have in a very short amount of time (laughs) i really thought it took a long time 15 minutes is where we are (laughs) on the main topic (laughs) you see see how that goes this felt like a lifetime to you. Maybe you're bored. Maybe that means that this is not. <laughs> All right. Well, after a very brief delay, you're ready to get into the homework. Let's do it. In this week's homework, you will test your dog's ability to tell time. Now, this week, what I would like you to do is... And of course, this is dependent that your dog knows commands like sit or lay down or something like that. And it doesn't matter. I want you to put your dog in a command. I don't care if it's, like I said, a sit or a down or if you know the command place, put your dog in a place. If you've done you know, some of the homeworks, we've actually taught that in some of the homeworks. Now you are going to time 
how long does that command? Okay. So you're going to start out with 30 seconds and then you're going to increase by 30 second increments. So what you're going to do is you're going to give your dog that command. So for example, we'll use down as a command because a dog can do that command for a long time typically. And sit, I don't expect dogs to really do a sit more than, you know, two or three minutes. So down is a great command to use this on. If your dog does down well for you, without any leash, without anything, I want you to tell your dog to do a down and then wait 30 seconds and then release your dog. Now, each day or, or if you do this, let's say you can do this two or three times a day. Each time you do it, you're going to increase the interval by 30 seconds. So the first time, let's say you do it three times a day. The first time you're going to tell your dog to lay down, face down, you're going to time 30 seconds and then release your dog. The next time you're going to do it for a minute. So if your dog makes it to the minute mark or doesn't make a minute mark, that's you're still going to continue to over one minute until your dog has held that command for a full minute. So let's say time your dog holds it for 45 seconds. It's fine. Let him break the command. No correction, no attention. Just notice how long did your dog. Then the third time you do it that day, you put your dog in the down. And then again, do go on about your business, do whatever you're doing. And then let's say the second time your dog holds it for the full minute. Then then put your dog the next day when you start your three parts. You put your dog in a down, work on it for a minute and a half. And, and you time it and your dog holds it seconds. Again, no correction, no attention. You just notice how long did your hold it? Did your dog hold that command? And then each time you do that, you're going to keep doing it for a minute and a half. Dog holds it for the full minute and a half. Now, what do you think the purpose is? Well, in episode 049, about the concept of holding a hand for up to 30 minutes with your dog. Seven, the question that you asked. I asked, you remember the question I asked you in the show, I remember uh, before the show, I asked you if the dog had any awareness that it's doing something time. Like, is it sitting there thinking, I'm in the command, I'm in the command, I'm in the command, or is it just <laughs> doing something until it, it is told differently? Right. As a matter of fact, in that episode, what you did is you actually challenged me because in the past, I've said a dog doesn't remember anything from about the five to 15 second mark that it goes on to something else after five seconds. And you were like, wait a minute. Now I'm teaching command place and I expect the dog to hold them for up to 30 minutes. And you just told me that a dog can't have a stream of thoughts more than 10 to 15 seconds. Right. So how can they remember that they're in the command in that command? So that does that I mean that definitely brings up the question. So are they sitting there thinking the whole time I'm in this command? I mean, that doesn't make right. sense at all. No. Well, that's the key. Really, that your dog understands the time or that they're that they're there for. And it's not that your dog is sitting there going, I'm in command, I'm in command, I'm in command. What you're truly working on and what your true your dog is truly learning is to until released. So what they're waiting on is either for you to release them from that command or to do a new command. Throughout the process of what you're doing, you're actually going to give your dog a command and then see how long they're willing to hold it. 
And this is where I got it with a dog. There is no concept of time because they'll hold that command. If there's no release to a command, if we don't have that formal command that we use sometimes to, or, or the formal commands that we use in order to give a dog a command and then release them, if we just have those casual commands like tell your dog to go to your bed, for example, if you have the casual command of telling your dog to go to your bed, they can get up anytime they want. And what they learn very quickly is to go to the bed and then they'll just get up and they're fine. And they learn that because this is a casual command that there is no release. And what you are one and what you're teaching your dog is to learn to hold a command until prompted, until you tell them they're all done. And that's our release command, all done. Now, what will work, how long would your dog hold a command or stay in command with you without any fear of correction or without any worry about what's going to happen if they break that command. So in the formal part, and I can't even remember that episode. I wish I'd wrote that. I can't remember that episode. But the, we talked about, we had a whole episode of formal commands versus, um, versus casual commands, where a formal command is a command that has to have a release. That you have to wear a casual command is something that they, you know, you just tell them to do. And then when they're done, they're done. And there's no worry about it. Well, what you're doing here is you're kind of practicing that casual command. Just does your dog really understand in no time? And I will show you or I like that you will learn through this process that there is no concept of time from your dog. Okay. Thank you. Question. Okay. Should we be praising the dog for holding longer and longer times I would I, that's a great question because I didn't even think about that in the in the process of this no I want you to give the command and then just go on about your business it means you're sitting there maybe you're sitting watching TV and you you know look up and your dog's standing there and you say sit and then your dog holds a sit and then you just go back to watching TV and if your dog sits and you don't do anything. You just sit there and just see how long they're going to for you. Are they waiting on you to give that release? Or have you taught them to wait on you to give a release? Or are they going to just get up after a while, you know, because edit, you're not going to do anything afterwards? Right. So if we were to praise in that moment, what would we were sitting or laying right. down or whatever it is, they would know that we're praising them for the waiting. They're just aware of the sitting or the laying down or the attention well, doing getting what you asked them. right and that's okay. it and they would not have a clue to the amount of time or what they have to do and the funny thing about that like i can i can perceive doing this with my dog i didn't try this and now i'm very interested in trying it i can perceive doing this with my dog and then when i don't release them and they get up and then i don't say anything to them that they're going to be kind of looking at me like uh, are you going to let me get up? You know, uh -huh. are you going to do anything? And if I ignored them at that point, of course, end up going on, you know, about their business, it wouldn't take but a few seconds. Then they would realize that. And, but you could correct for that and say, no, I could right? No, I could, but in, in this homework, that's not what I'm, I'm wanting people to under, to really learn. Does your dog really have a concept of time? Because the truth is if you did it for 30 seconds and then you release them, and then you increase and then you release them and then you increase for a minute and a half and then you release them. If you've really worked with your dog, like with my dogs, they would stay there for the whole time because I released them. Right. They're waiting on the release. And that's how I talk, train my dogs. Most of you lovers have not done that. You haven't really worked on 
keep your dog keeping commands until you release them. Most people don't even have a release command. So what happens is, is that you start to see that your dog, not having a concept of time, just gets up whenever they're bored or they're ready to go. And in this case, you can't do anything afterwards. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's great. And I think it's... (laughs) I think it's really back to what we talk about all the time. It's about awareness. I mean, we're mm-hmm. learning awareness of the dog's limitations and also over and over and over again, we're going to reinforce the fact that the dog is just sitting there waiting on us and we're the ones with the concept of time. So that's a, that's right. a very useful. And I'm sorry, I ho- hopefully I didn't complicate today's homework by asking those no, questions. No, it was great. No, those are great questions. I think that you, you definitely brought up something that I, you know, should have thought about in the process of it. That, I'm guessing that had I done this homework prior to it, I would have had that <laughs> that same thing and brought that up. So you're saying if you had done it some time before the episode today, before our recording, well, then if we I would have just had taken time, time we, we would have had the time to work this in properly. <laughs> anyway, enough said. We wouldn't we, have had to add all this extra time in this recording. I know, and we're <laughs> like five minutes right now. So anyway, I'll shut up. You do your thing and summarize and move on with life. Go ahead. Very good. In summary. We talked about what can happen while you're away, whether you're away for eight seconds or eight hours. We also answered the question, why can we tell time and dogs cannot? And your homework is to test whether or not your dog knows. And please remember, for all our dog lovers out there, our book is still on target to be released in the first week of November. Be looking out for that. I'm so excited. I've been doing so much work on this, and Leslie has been such a huge help getting this book completed. So we have everything we need for you guys to see what this is all about. Benny, I think it's funny how often we just basically tease the dog lovers with stuff that we're going to do. You know what I mean? Like we got the, got the book coming up. We've got the training program coming up, you know? And so that's what I'm here to talk about for just a couple, couple seconds here is to let you know, as ever, we're uh, proceeding. I don't think we're as on target with the training program as you are with your book. And that's a little frustrating. Um, so Leslie and I are working on getting the training program ready for consumption. And we intend to launch that free module to our members exclusively. So this is not available to people, at least we haven't determined how long, but at least a month or so, at least a month before the public can get access to this content that we're putting together for you guys. So uh, this is only available to members of familydogfusion.com. And why not? I mean, why would you not? There's all kinds of good stuff that you get from getting a free membership. It takes one minute or less to fill out the little profile and you get the three pieces of content. You get the two eBooks, potty training your puppy or dog, you get the three ebook and you've also got the walking your dog on a leash video. That's just great. Cause it's the only place anywhere that you can see Benny Copeland in his ink. So that's really cool. Plus we've got uh, the opportunity for you to weigh in and give survey responses. But the kicker here is that you get free access to this free training module and you get it way before anybody else does. Plus when we do go live and we have a training program, you're going to get a massive discount by being a member. So I've talked enough about this. The best way for you to do this is to go to familydogfusion.com slash register fill out your little profile there there's also an opportunity to fill out a survey to let us know what your biggest issues are with your dog and just get on the list and you'll get our newsletter and we will reach out to you so thank you very much and look forward to seeing you in the membership all right everybody we will see you all next week when benny showers you with gold see you then 
Also, if you're listening to this show on Stitcher or Google Play or whatever service, please give us a five-star positive rating, a thumbs up, whatever you got. Remember, show notes for this episode are at discoveryourdog.com slash episode 103. The time has come, the walrus says, to speak many, many, many things of shoes, of ships, of sealing wax, of cabbages and kings. What the hell is sealing wax? Oh, see, not wax for your ceilings, wax to seal things with. <laughs> I never have thought of that before. <laughs> I've always thought you've been talking about the, the, uh, something you put on. <laughs> wax for your ceiling. All right. <laughs>